Hello and welcome to Series 4, Episode 4 of the Female Athlete Podcast. Today we're talking about a topic which is close to all of our hearts, how to encourage people to speak more openly about their menstrual cycles and our top tips around how to make this more of a comfortable conversation. Today we have a guest on who is a 10-time Olympic swimming medalist, Alison Schmidt, who talks us through her experiences of her period and menstrual cycle during her competing days and her relationship with her swimming coach. We also give our top tips for how to facilitate opening up the conversation around the menstrual cycle. And we should also mention that we are doing this episode in collaboration with Orico and Fitter Woman as they launch their summer of 2022 education campaign around the menstrual cycle. You can find more information and resources on their website www.fitterwoman.com. Okay, so we have a bit of a mission over the next few months to really, really help people um, start talking about this area, to try and effectively normalise this area. And really as part of that, we feel that we need to get the education going. We feel that we need to... um, destigmatize a lot of the myths but also just provide as much education to all women all practitioners who work in this space friends parents etc um just to really try and break down those communication barriers um and just to provide some hints and tricks that i guess we've learned along the way yeah we wanted to do another episode solely based around normalizing the menstrual cycle opening up the conversation as our little um slogan goes but um have a whole episode dedicated to it you may see the title or description of this episode and think haven't we hammered home this point enough um but i think the menstrual cycle is obviously um something that we're passionate about talking about it's a natural and normal process nothing to be ashamed about and we want to open up the conversation we believe it shouldn't be a topic that's hidden and as females we should be using our menstrual cycle as a vital sign of health um and using our cycles to our advantage whether it's looking to improve our performance in sport or exercise or just improving our lifestyle choices. Um, So shall we just dive straight in as to why we need to open up the conversation, Um, whether it's at school or at work, hiding a tampon up your sleeve when you're going to the toilet or running the tap when you're in the toilet so no one can hear the packaging rustling. Um, We've all probably got loads of stories uh, personally to tell uh, along this point of view and along that, um, yeah, with that that in mind. But um, George and Jess, let's just blow the topic wide open and um, why do we need to open up this this area and this, this topic of conversation? Yeah, thanks, Lucy. I think for me, something I'm quite interested in and like passionate about changing you know now and, and onwards into the future and some research Georgie and I have also been involved in is in relation to sort of young girls and growing up through sport and physical activity and just social socializing really in general I think the area of the mental cycle is such a big turning point in a young girl's life that it's not talked about enough for that to be comfortable and that for you know makes them feel embarrassed or not sure her to turn to and therefore they end up not going to that event or not doing that sport or you know not doing the music or whatever it is because they they don't feel quite right but they don't know who to go to and I think there's probably you know challenges in terms of socioeconomic status and, and what is available to them at that time and I think if we can really just make it such a normal thing within everyday life then it shouldn't be an issue for these people and these young girls will be able to come through and and do what they want to do you know and it doesn't have to be sport yes I am passionate about sport because that's what I love doing myself but um this research that we showed actually 
we looked at sort of teachers um, led by Natalie Brown at Swansea University and we looked at the education around menstrual cycle and it was so, there was a lot of disparity between schools around the, the UK and, and what teachers were told to do or not told to do and I think, you know, that needs normalising and therefore it can feed down into young girls as well. Yeah, totally. And I think our previous episode, we had um, Natalie on on here and obviously we were talking about that and I think it's so hard because how can we have this conversation? How can we normalise this area if we don't have the education about it? And I feel like that is almost the first step, whether it's through school, whether it's through sports clubs, we need to try and get the information out there. And through this kind of summer series of education or summer series of, of sport and um, social media that we're going to be running, we really, really want to like hammer home, hey, this is what is a normal menstrual cycle. This is what to expect. And, and most importantly, this is how you can use it or work with it to your advantage. I think like back to when I was 11 and we had white pea shorts and I was, I guess, swimming a lot. And I just had this ongoing, terrifying fear that I was going to leak through my clothes and everyone would see and they judge me. And, you know, I, I feel like it would be, there were so many barriers for me as a kid. Like, luckily, similarly to both of you, I know I love sports, so nothing was going to stop me. But you can so see how this can be such a, like, a limiting factor for so many kids out there. Um And I also think it must be so hard for practitioners who, I I don't know whether it's like the sports coach of an under 14 girls team. If you're a male, like how do you have that conversation? Where do you even start? So I guess like uh, one of my big take homes from here is like we're going to be providing resources. And I think the more like people can listen to podcast episodes like obviously we've got a whole realm of episodes talking about different aspects of female health and the menstrual cycle but the more people can just be pointed down um an avenue of hey read about this or listen to that just to to try and get people thinking about it because this shouldn't hold you back obviously if there's a menstrual dysfunction then that needs to be addressed but that that does need to be addressed it doesn't need to be something where we suffer in silence actually go to a medical practitioner or if you've just got standard symptoms well try and do something about it and I just really feel that the more we can get the education out there the more we can facilitate discussion and like I I heard someone saying the other day that oh you know when they go to the supermarket they're so embarrassed to buy tampons but if you think about it like it should be like buying toothpaste it should just be a normal a normal thing that people buy but it isn't and I think I really hope that over time it will be normalized but it we have to leap over numerous barriers first and obviously that's a big aim of everything that we're doing. Yeah, I think if you can, as you know, as part of that education, if you think, if you understand why something's happening to your body and you can understand, okay, there's these hormones and they do this X, Y, and Z, and then this happens and this is why, this is the purpose, this is the reason behind it, rather than just saying, okay, sorry, girls, every month you're going to have, you know, pretty painful stomach and you're going to bleed and it's not really pleasant. Here's a tampon, here's a sanitary towel, you know, go ahead discreetly like that's that might be some people's way of dealing with it and that's probably not the best avenue to having then a positive outlook on it for the future you know let's let's think of it that way and it has to be part of that education and um those you know young girls really need to understand and they're um you can you can feel good about your own body and I think that's what we want to 
provide opportunities for these young girls is to you know take ownership and feel empowered like this doesn't have to be a negative thing you know we can work around it you can perform at your very very best at some at varying stages of this cycle and if women can understand that and young girls can understand that right from the word go then we're going to give them with such a better opportunity and a better platform to be able to excel at is whatever they want to do um so I think you know looking at it from that perspective is a lot better than trying to you know oh this is just going to be not pleasant if we think right this is something that's quite you know if you actually think about it, it's mind-boggling that women can actually <laughs> create another person and there you go so you know put it to them that way and think wow this is a powerful tool you have let's let's use it wisely yeah 100 percent and as you both say, like the education arm is is such a Im- important one, and I think there was some stats from the Strava study that you carried out. Um, maybe was it 2014, Georgie, about the fact that there was like maybe high 70s, 80 percent of people in the UK had never received any, or women in the study had never received any education about their menstrual cycle at all, which is yeah. ridiculous. Um, but I was going to just ask, what we'll come on to the elite end um, later down the line, but. What role do you think, and both of you, obviously, high-end athletes, what role do you think that elite athletes have uh, towards breaking the stigma, whether it is like the Lionesses, England football team, talking about the fact that they're monitoring or tracking their menstrual cycles, or whether it's the fact that, um, you know, you see a, a player potentially on the sideline of pitch with a tampon or something. I can't think of a, of a real good way, but just being advocates for the fact that, you know, this is a natural, n- normal process. Maybe it starts from the top down as well, because you see a top player, you know, talking about it or acting, you know, you hear about it more. It will help to normalize it, surely. Yeah, like 100 percent. And I actually feel really strongly about this because I feel like the narrative here from seasoned professionals is so important for inspiring that next generation. Like if we think back to 2015, when this area first started getting coverage, it was so negative and it was like player X wasn't able to perform at their best because they were on their period or um, player Y got injured because they were menstruating or they were mid-cycle or the the media always um, tells us stories which (laughs) maybe aren't quite accurate in terms of what hormones are doing when an individual is menstruating but I feel like um, there was initially a a huge amount of negativity in this space and it was all about this being a barrier Um, but then more recently I do feel like the narrative is changing and it's actually like hey we're women let's be proud of it and let's work with this to our advantage um that being said obviously it's not all a pretty picture and hey let's work with this and it's going to be amazing because some people have absolutely horrendously debilitating symptoms that need to be um approached and and managed properly um but at the same time I think we yeah, I, I really do feel that role models like like Jess, like talking about this space, just having that normal conversation is really empowering. And I think it also helps practitioners and parents, et cetera, to say, hey, did you see um, that the England team are monitoring their menstrual cycles and, and actually have been for the last few years? I feel like it's been portrayed in the media that it's, hey, they've just suddenly thought, let's, let's track this. But they have been for years, so they understand Everyone is different, but they understand themselves and practitioners understand that as well. So I think, yeah, it's all about just like hormones traveling us. They're they're changing the whole time. And let's understand that. Let's just not pretend they're not really a thing and then they're not going to impact how we think and move and feel and what we do. Yeah, I think, you know, 
more and more role models coming out and discussing it is is a huge thing um and it, it you know doesn't always have to be a negative aspect you know I'm sure Georgie you've worked with a number of athletes who've been able to better manage their symptoms and then had a huge you know improvement in performance at the, the top level and I think those kinds of stories as well just demonstrate to young girls like what can be achieved um and I think there was like a recent tennis article on um about Wimbledon and things and and a few people there I think it was the former Olympic tennis champion Monica Pugh is um she wrote about sort of the stress she was under when playing um in Wimbledon on a period and that that just shouldn't be a thing she should be you know feel comfortable enough to go and speak to someone or deal with that issue or be well prepared for that um, within that kind of high performance environment um, and I think just more women and it doesn't have to be athletes you know we talk about sport because we like sport but um, people you know that are well known to young women saying yes I have a menstrual cycle yes I deal with it this way or I have these symptoms or um, you know, discussing how they deal with it and that their own stories. And I think that, again, not only normalises it, but it makes these young girls coming through thinking, OK, this doesn't have to be a negative thing. You know, I'm automatically thinking of my, you know, my young nieces at some point, they'll go through this transition. And, you know, you just want them to have that kind of opportunity to look out there and think, OK, this doesn't have to be like a traumatic experience for me as a 10, 11, 12, 13 year old, whatever it is in, in school. And this can be, okay, yes, it's a change, but let's deal with it. And, it, you know, this person did it and she's now gone to do X, Y, and Z, you know, should Beyonce still has periods and things. So let's, let's all be like Beyonce and, uh, um, and do what we can. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I, same with my nieces. And I, I just hope that I even, I mean, they're, they're so little, but I still just try and talk to them about, like what it means to be like fit and healthy what it means to like look after your body I feel like we just don't have those conversations at school we don't get taught about this kind of thing and whether it's like how to eat healthily like what does healthy eating mean or how physical activity is actually really important for your overall health like what about your mental health and I feel like menstruation and like the changes that the female body goes through through the female life cycle is just so important to appreciate and like be proud of like we shouldn't you know how historically people have spoken about it being a badge of honor not to menstruate regularly well you know times hopefully are changing and people are realizing that that's really not okay but I I think it's just it is mind-blowing that we are still at this point but also I keep saying like let's catapult from this and let's actually be proactive and provide like tools and understanding to help people kind of get way past this I think recently similarly to the tennis player there was a golfer Lydia Ko who openly spoke about her symptoms really affecting her on the um, golf course and you can totally see it she's expected to play or concentrate for a couple of hours she's moving but in limited positions and you know if she experiences really bad nausea vomiting lower back pain migraine menstrual cramps like all of the above of course that's going to affect her but it doesn't need to if she's proactive and given the tools and knowledge and understanding and not just kind of led to think that it's just medication or you just have to deal with that. I feel like there's so many more holistic things that we can do, but you just have to have that understanding of yourself and, you know, how, how you can work with what's going on in your body. Yeah, absolutely. And 
both Jess and Georgie just mentioning in there, your nieces, like you two are role models for them. You, you know, we don't have to be, it doesn't have to be the elite sports stars that, or, you know, the famous people that, you know, it's not up to them just to mention it. I know the media picks it up and it gets much widely, more widely spread, but we can all be role models towards the young women and girls in our life. And, and this is all part of normalizing it is just talking about it. So, yeah. I think on that as well, Lucy, you know, you think about, okay, well, how does the parent or, you know, guardian or whoever it is, when's the right time to have that conversation? When do you discuss it? When do you do that? Do you wait to the very, it's just about to start their periods or should that be brought in earlier to make it more normal? Do you have an understanding earlier? That's quite a tricky question, you know, and I don't have the answer to it. And I'm sure it's a difficult project that every project, a difficult topic that every parent sort of battles with themselves like when's the right time to tell them about all this and um you know perhaps we need to come collectively together and and think of some you know do's and don'ts and um when might be more appropriate than not I think that's quite a tricky question you know I'm not a parent so I, I don't know um so but I think that would be interesting to see what other parents would think yeah and I and I think as it because obviously there's menstruation, but there's all aspects of female health and health. <laughs> and I think whether it's just from a young age of getting people just used to like knowing, like I know again with my nieces, like they're told to bring a drink to train to exercise. Like my my school definitely wouldn't have done that. So I feel like there's progress in terms of just thinking about how to be fit and healthy. But yeah I, I feel like there you're right there almost does need to be like a kind of global approach of like when is the right time but then people start menstruating at different ages and obviously in more or, or like less economically developed countries it's even more of the, there's even more stigma and um taboo around this area and then of course there's period poverty um i'm super excited that when we're talking about role models we're going to be joined by um a superstar role model in a minute to help us talk a little bit more about how to break down barriers, how to have the conversation. Um, we are actually joined now by superstar swimmer, Alison Schmidt. Um, for those of you who don't know, Alison is a 10-time Olympic medalist. Um, she has been to four Olympics Olympic Games, including last summer um, where Jess was there actually as well. And she won two medals at the Olympics last summer. Um, yeah, she's also American record holder in the 200 free and has a ton of other amazing attributes to her name. Um, one other thing that I think we are just so excited to talk to her about and learn more about is her real passion around mental health um, and all things psychology. Um, and she's actually currently training as a counsellor. Um, and so, yeah, she's got a ton of wisdom in this space. So welcome to the podcast, Alison. Thank you. It's awesome to be here. Um, so first thing, obviously, Alison, we've been really lucky to work with you over the last few years as an athlete. Um, and one thing that I just enjoyed so much with working with you is just to see how your coach, the very famous Bob Bauman, um, has been able to start talking about the menstrual cycle. Um, and I just think back to the conversations we've had and the amount that he's clearly internally squirming while talking about it, but still he's done it. And I feel like he's really 
owned it and and taken time out to learn about it but I wonder if you could just tell us like firstly like when did you initially have the discussion with him like do you feel that it's been kind of normal since you started swimming with him or um has it been more of a recent thing and and how did that barrier get broken I would say it's more of a recent thing and I don't know if that's based off of him or me I know that I was always embarrassed to talk about my period even with him um I, when I was 20 years old and I was diagnosed anemic and the first thing was to go on birth control, I didn't want to speak to him about my period and how heavy my periods were, which is why I talked to my mom about it and my mom ended up talking to him about it. Um, So then at 29 years old, I was finally able to speak to him about my periods and that's kind of when the conversation he welcomed the conversation and I mean I don't know how tough that is for a male coach to talk about but he welcomed that conversation and the past the last couple years of my career he was able to openly talk to me about it even asking me how my period was while on deck at the Olympics yeah that's that's actually crazy and you also told me a really funny story the other day about him asking you again more recently even though you're (laughs) obviously not swimming under him at the moment yeah it's actually I mean it's funny because I mean a coach in general I know he cares so much about me and I know coaches care so much about their athletes more than athletes but as human beings so just that comfort knowing that I haven't swum in eight months uh and he was asking me how is your cycle you and he understands the personal question and he phrases you don't have to answer this question but I was just wondering like are you more regular now um so it was kind of a funny conversation but to me I was like you open the flood doors so you ask the question I'm gonna answer it so becoming more of a normal conversation I guess but I guess it's still not the easiest conversation. Would that be a normal um, relationship in the swimming world? What's it like in the elite end of the swimming world, um, Alison, kind of in America? Do coaches and athletes regularly have conversations about their cycle or would your and Bob's relationship been a bit of a uh, an, anom- an anomaly? Oh, I don't think I would ever talk to coaches about my period. And I... Do you remember I went to camp without Bob? I must have been 29 or 30 and Bob wasn't at the camp and I was on my period that week and I had to go into the coach's office and say, this might be a little weird, but I usually tell Bob every time on my period. So I'm just letting you know that I am going to have to get out in the middle of practices probably twice to change my tampon but I'm okay and everything's okay. So if that was a little bit of a weird conversation, but like you said, it's not normalized. Yeah. And, and so like flipping it on the other side, like for Jess, you, um, obviously actually we both used to have the same coach, but like, your experiences of speaking to him like would would you talk to him like would you would you ever say anything about it 
Yeah, so that's that was interesting what I was thinking there in relation to Alison saying, you know, she's built this environment with herself, a coach and fitter women, which is great. But then you think, okay, well, what about all these youngsters coming through? I think like, you know, particularly track and field in the UK, you're often, it's just in the middle of a random park, maybe six, seven o'clock at night and you're in like this random put. Um, I definitely don't, there might not even be any toilets like, and I've been to races and there are no toilets and you know that's the real grassroots so like what are we <laughs> we're not giving a good platform there straight away are we never mind having a conversation um so yeah I think for me going through the ranks I don't think I would speak to them now I would in my coach if I felt it was an issue because I'm more confident in terms of this is I feel quite comfortable talking about it and I think my coach you know is a very much you know a traditional man might, mom might describe him as but he would be fine with that conversation and feel like he knows enough about it now in the past probably not um but I think my club coach to be fair to him he was always very direct and, and he would ask me about that and I think I had you know quite a few bone injuries when I was younger which are you know well documented and I think he probably could see that from his angle and was asking me those conversations but then probably didn't know what to do about it from there um, you know, he probably wouldn't have had the knowledge as to, okay, maybe we should cut back training and I recommend you go see this uh, this person about it or whatever. He probably just thought, okay, maybe I need to do something about this, but I don't know where to go. And I think that's probably a lot of case, um, similar cases, you know, with like grassroots level young girls, they can probably see there's an issue, but perhaps don't know A, how to start the conversation and B, how to follow it up. That's the um, thing you think. And it's going to be really difficult. Yeah, Jess, do you think coaches should be the ones to initiate the conversation rather than putting it on the shoulders of a, say, 14-year-old girl? Yeah, I know. Again, it's difficult. But perhaps if that's, you know, that's where the environment's created, you know, and I think if they want that to be a normal conversation, then yes, I don't see why it shouldn't come from the coach to have that as, you know, that's one of the things that we talk about in this training group. You know, I expect you to bring a drink and bring the right shoes um bring your tampons if you need it and bring a waterproof coat you know as normal as that kind of thing um but you know there's also that some parents or family members might think oh I don't want you speaking to my daughter about that you know without me present so there's obviously that kind of barrier as well that coaches have to be profoundly aware of at this day and age as well like not going too far then perhaps it's like you know I feel like clubs should be provided with all these tools that they're not and you know that has to come from the top but perhaps it's one of these things that okay if you join the group let's have a sit down chat um yeah as a collective and these are the things that I think I can provide and this this is what I'm going to ask and if you've got any issues then come to me as a coach and I won't speak to your child before we've finalized that um, but obviously these coaches are like volunteers, you know, there's only so much time they have. So I think uh, we have to give them a little bit of a break sometimes as well. Yeah. And I think, I, oh, yeah, I think it's so hard. And I think like just signposting, like I, I think often as a coach, it's just like, oh, have you heard this, watch that, read this, listen to that, use that, whatever. If they are just empowered with the tools and they have that understanding themselves, so they 
if someone does come to them, they're not thinking, oh my gosh, I literally have no idea like what this even means. Um, if they have some understanding, then I feel like at least they can signpost to the right places. Um, I think in the future, obviously, we want all coaching qualifications to include female specific considerations. We know that they definitely don't right now, but one day, dare to dream and all. Um, but I think with, with all of that in mind, like, I feel so Alison obviously like in in your space specifically Bob became more comfortable talking about it because you were comfortable talking about it and I think it's also crazy that you say yeah like when I was 29 I then felt like I had to go and speak to the team when you were away in a training camp and it's amazing that you could do that and speak to the coaches but like even for the other athletes around, like I'm sure they would see that you were talking about that. Or maybe if you did speak to one of your teammates about it, I'm sure then they were more able to talk to you about it. So sometimes I think it is just athletes taking the ball by the horns and speaking, you know, to their teammates about it. Like, have you had experience with that? Yeah, actually, I mean, at that camp, when I told everyone about the offer conversation um they I mean they were kind of in disbelief that oh my gosh you actually said that like you talked to a coach about your period and so I mean to me I was like yeah it wasn't comfortable but I have to do it like there's no no other way around this like this is a medical issue um but throughout that time as well I talked to other simmers who then we ended up talking about periods or text about periods which got us to get period underwear and I mean that was a whole new idea for us was period underwear and the cup um, and period disc and so that was kind of a new world that speaking about it opened up my eyes to other options out there. Amazing and I know Sorry, I know Alison wouldn't say this, but I know that from our work with USA Swimming that they would say that Alison being a real role model talking about this has led to more people being able to talk about it. And so I think back to our earlier discussion about how to have the conversation in using um, amazing like role models, whether they're in your team or whether there's just one individual who's really passionate about this within the team or within the environment, like encouraging them to have the conversation you don't as a practitioner you don't have to be privy to that of course but having someone who helps just normalize it as well on on the ground I think is really important and then you've got the added you know the next step which is the benefits that can come from not just talking about it but actually having actions off the back of it like George you're obviously and, and Jess you've spoken in depth about the types of um how you can tweak your nutrition how you can tweak your training to optimize your performance when it comes to the different phases of your cycle so it's not just um the benefits of being able to talk to someone about it which is amazing but it's also what can come off the back of it as Alison you're competing at the elite end you know at the olympics and the one percent can make the difference yeah I would definitely say that as an athlete I wouldn't really want to speak about it because I feel like it's making an excuse or felt like it was making an excuse of, oh, I can't do this today. But I have learned that it's not making an excuse, but it's making you aware that there's obstacles, but you can get through those obstacles with communication. And I think that's the biggest thing that I learned is that speaking out about 
problems or concerns I have is not necessarily complaining, but allowing an environment that can lead to better success and can help you out in the long run. And I guess like that moves us nicely on to the practicalities of this. And I think like it's all well and good talking about it. And I find that theoretically talking about how hormones change and they travel in your body. And yes, you menstruate as part of that, but that is obviously only a part of it. But then the actual practicalities of, oh my gosh, I'm a heavy bleeder or I'm going to flood through to my clothes. There's so many additional kind of practical considerations. Um, I'm sure we all have a story to tell. I feel like Alison has many a story to tell, particularly being in the swimming world. Um, I definitely personally remember when I was like trying to be a professional swimmer in my head, which clearly did never work um, or did not work. But um, Alison, you've obviously had many experiences around the struggles of um, like managing menstruation or actually menstruating when you're on poolside. Like, you were telling Lucy and I the other day some harrowing stories of the world champs in the Olympics. Like, can you share with everyone just some of the things I think really we just need to think about. And if anyone listening to it is like working in the space of understanding the practical implications of how to be a female athlete, like I just think we need to wake up to to this kind of situation. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely love to hear Jess's too because I was a I started my period late at 15 years old and so I was a soccer player beforehand and I can't imagine having heavy periods when I'm in shorts or somewhere where the closest bathroom is a portage on and I'm not prepared for that um but yeah for swimming it was definitely I mean being in the pool with your period your period your tampon cannot be full but it's full from water and so it's light pink water dripping down your leg and you think your uh tampon is full and so I think that's just an embarrassment (laughs) um I know that for me as a swimmer I was terrified of that I was terrified of it leaking on the pool I was terrified of it leaking on the block and so when it was time for my period and I would sit there and pray that I would not have my period during um a competition and I was like I can deal with it during practice because I can run to the bathroom but not during the competition but yeah I definitely had times when I had my period during competitions and I remember 2019 worlds when I had my period and the only towels we could use were white towels or our uh, team issued towels which were white with our logo on it And I was like, I can't use these towels. I'm going to bleed all over. And so I had one of my friends back home send me a black towel so I could wrap that around me. And I took tampons before I started warm up and put them in the bathroom stalls. So I hid five around the bathroom stalls so that when I ran into the bathroom, hopefully one of those five stalls was open and I could change my tampon real quickly because I didn't want to carry them onto the pool deck with me so um I mean I feel like I could go on with stories like that I mean who's making those decisions thank you for sharing Alison because you have to think to yourself is it a man making those decisions to make the towels white like I I don't know maybe a woman would make that decision and be completely oblivious to it but you just think give women a bit more of a chance like the tennis whites and the England football shorts are white and it's just kind of like this oversight of a normal monthly process that happens 
and yeah if you're having a heavy period um the anxiety that comes with it that you shouldn't have to contend with when you're trying to compete is um it's just mind-boggling yeah and you think about like the mental stress like you should just be solely focusing on performance yet you've got this kind of undercurrent like I, I definitely have so many memories when I guess I was just if, like embarrassed about the fact that I even started my period when I was young at school and it was just this anxiety of like you're so right Lucy the rustling in the toilet or um I would just literally pray that my period would never start on some match day or race day because I, I mean I don't even know why because what's the worst that would happen but obviously at the time like the potential for flooding or leaking or anything is just so frightening. Georgie what do you think is the solution for these types of problems is it just the awareness that these governing bodies need to make better informed decisions? Yeah, it's it's a good question because I think obviously clothing is so important to consider and I think like white clothes, light clothes, like the England women's team are playing in white shorts, that's their home kit this summer, um, like that in itself is just ridiculous. But then you also think, well, in swimming, that's re it's really hard to get around that. Um, you can't, you know, you've got black costumes or, or like black swimsuits on. Um, but still, there is the potential for leaking, of course. But I think, and regardless of how much we normalize the conversation, like it's not really ever, I don't think, just going to be normal to have blood like pouring down your legs. There's practicalities <laughs> with that and there's hygiene associated with it. I know someone actually did run the marathon in 2015 in London and um, just freely bleeding. But I also just don't really feel like that's okay either because I think just the practicalities and hygiene and that you're just setting people up to fail and be uber stressed um i think there does need to be more um out there around like menstrual cups around period proof clothing i think the color of clothing 100 percent, is a priority and i think more education needs to be or more discussion at the top uh, with designers and as you say governing bodies is important but i i just think alison for your swimming story like and keen to hear your thoughts but I, I do feel like governing bodies need to have a better understanding team managers need to have a better understanding like there needs to be a more an approach where actually we aren't it's not like an added consideration like oh oh I haven't thought about that like it should just be a normal thing that is just like a, a normal fact of life I mean we even talk about things like urinary incontinence and fecal incontinence it's not just menstruation that we need to be preparing for it's just all of these aspects where we're vulnerable to being I don't know like laughed at or you feel that anyway for standing out and being not the norm and while that should be okay you still don't want to be on the tv and the olympic final with blood coming down your leg or a tampon string poking out from your pants that you're racing in um so i think it's partly normalizing the conversation but i feel like within a team environment i really feel you need like a, a female lead or someone who's like fighting not fighting for the females but ha just has that awareness around all of the considerations all of the practicalities and it really shouldn't be an afterthought yeah and not just at the elite level but from the grassroots level up totally yeah the research is always there that girls drop out of sport because of it yeah, yeah. i think it's those like traditions that what the thousands of years old it's like come on we're in 2022 what difference does it make if someone is playing in wimbledon in a white skirt or a black skirt like it doesn't change the game it probably improves the game because they feel more comfortable like 
get over yourselves and just like um you know be normal and just allow these women to have a better chance i just think we need to do away with these silly traditions and and just be a bit more respectful really yeah because it's a tradition that discriminates against women and if men had had the same problem who knows if this would have been changed years and years ago um just to kind of wrap up around some advice that we would give to our podcast listeners um and and where they can find further information and signposting because obviously Orico are doing this summer of sport and creating lots of resources for people to go and take a look at and download from the website um but from a kind of talking about the menstrual cycle um point of view I'd love to pick your your three brains about kind of how you what your advice would be um I've kind of spoken to a couple of women in the past about this and then and I guess the advice um is to embrace the topic not speak in hushed tones and and make it more kind of secretive and and like it should be hidden and, and spoken about in secret like you've got to speak about it openly it's easier said than done in certain environments isn't it but do you also think um you know the terminology is it, there's easier ways to say than I'm on my period is it easier to say I'm in this phase um and yeah so what would people's advice be around talking about it and and kind of being straight about it not using euphemisms but just literally just saying is it better to just say it as it is or is it better to use different terminology I'm, I'm not sure where you guys come at this yeah I think it varies from person to person doesn't it like what people like and um respond to I think you know the problem is with I'm on my period is it just it coins it to being that and then that's it whereas actually it's a whole bigger process I think not the fact that you know people associate period with bleeding thing more that it's like oh I'm on this one negative few days within a monthly cycle um I think it it perhaps it needs to change in terms of that and understanding it's not just these three five days whatever it is it is a whole uh, monthly cycle with a bigger purpose um whether that changes the phrase I'm on my period or whether um it seems a bit weird to say I'm in, I'm in phase one um or I don't know what the answer is but um I think it needs to be better understood and appreciated that it's not just that um but then I also think things you know in terms of opening the conversation you know at clubs and toilets and you know if you are meeting social things just have those like free sanitary things available on display in in the right spaces I think even that just starts that conversation rather than people having to go oh crap do you have a spare tampon like or sanitary product or whatever I think if they're, they're a bit more freely open and available within you know these kind of community settings wherever you might meet groups or you know mums running groups or, or um, kids running groups whatever it is I think that would help open the conversation to start with and, and make it a little bit more normal yeah and um whether it's like you were just saying there just having having a role model or a person responsible per group to like be the person to go to and having a designated person I don't know if that makes makes things easier but just to have someone who's like you were saying Georgie aware of females in general and what they have to go through month on month and just having that perspective um and that's someone that you say from the start you know you can go and talk to this person if you if you need to um but Georgie you're, you're also very well versed in chatting to people about their menstrual cycle very openly so what would your kind of advice be yeah, it's actually so interesting. And I'd be intrigued to hear Alison's thought on this. But sometimes I feel like you just go in with the dagger and say it straight away. Like, 
the first time you say menstrual cycle, then I feel like you've just like broken it and you can start talking about it. Not broken it, but you know, you've broken that barrier, smashed down the barrier and all. Um, but I feel like that's definitely my approach like even sometimes I talk about this obviously literally constantly um sometimes I feel I get a tiny bit embarrassed when I first talk about it to someone particularly if it's someone who maybe I'm like not 100% kind of confident around or it's like a male who I just feel like oh what are they gonna think but then sometimes actually it's like such adrenaline rush to be like boom I said it and it's crazy that it is like that but I'm just being totally honest um but I yeah I think once you've kind of been past that and then I always say like talk about it mathematically as if it is like this whole process and menstruation is one part of it as Jess said like it's really important that we don't just think about it as being menstrual cycle equals you're on your period for a few days and that's it um I personally find in my sporting environments using the phases like really does help so then firstly it helps to appreciate that it is phase one two three and four it's not just you're on your period or you're not um but also I think it's a bit more comfortable to say, oh, I'm in phase four today or I'm in phase one today than like I'm just about to start my period, which is fine. But I just think sometimes it, it does make it a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I, it's always going to be a challenge, but I feel like it is also along with our points earlier, like getting the education alongside it. So then you don't feel like you're talking about something you're really not comfortable talking about. Um, but uh, Alison, like throwing it over to you, if you were, say, um, I don't know, speaking to a coach of like 16 to 18 year olds or a, a college coach, like what would you advise them about how to get going in this space? Well, I personally wouldn't be one to be like, oh, I'm on my period and announce it every month. Like, this is easy. Um, but I, as much as I've learned about menstrual cycle and period and female body, even within the past few, few years, if I'm learning things and my coach is not learning things, there's going to be a disconnect and there's not going to be progression in my performance, in female health, in any, in, uh, education around female health there's not going to be progression so I think the biggest thing is as a coach um, of females and especially around the teenage age is to be open but empathetic towards those athletes because it is not an easy conversation Thanks for listening to today's episode. You can find more resources at www.fitterwoman.com.